This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome all of you to the Warning Radio program. Also, those that are watching on social media, welcome. I have with me Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Uh, Don, welcome back. Good morning. How are you doing, Dr. Hanson? I'm okay, Don. It's uh, every day is quite a day that we're living today. Every day, uh, it seems like we're in prophetic news reporting. uh, Things right out of prophecy are coming to pass each and every day day. We've been talking about uh, uh, Christian mythology. You've been doing a series in your church. We've done uh, following that on our program here. And I remember the last program, um, we mentioned how uh, the moral decline of America is lacking so much that uh, the voice of truth is no longer in many, many pulpits. That we used to see uh, miracles, healings, and Uh, radical transformations of converts uh, in churches today, but now it seems like uh, they want the favor of men over the power of God. Uh, The Old Testament is the foundation of of, uh, what we have to understand if you want to understand God and his ways, and yet uh, the emergent church and so many churches discount the Old Testament. But it's, it's like taking algebra. I mean, when you go into an algebra class, the basic understanding is that you, you've already taken basic mathematics. They don't have to reteach you, retrain you, go over those. But instead, um, the New Testament, it, now there was never such a thing as a New Testament. It was all one book, but a man divided it, but... The information in the New Testament was already based on the understanding that we understood the Old Testament and the ways of God, the laws of God. Yet people want to throw out that portion of the Bible. Don, you can't understand God if you throw out the Old Testament. Yeah, I've always found that kind of an amazing anomaly that people attempt to do that and they downgrade the Old Testament. And I believe about two-thirds of the New Testament is direct quotations from the Old Testament. It's yes. interpretation of the Old Testament and clarification of the prophetic utterances of the Old Testament. So if you really do away with the Old Testament, and, and it's really why theology is so weak, you only have about one-third of the New Testament. You have to wash out all the Old Testament from the New Testament. You can't keep 
some of it and then not pay attention to the Old Testament. So, I mean, just like to give you for an example, everybody today wants deliverance of some kind, but they don't, they also, they pray for their, all their trouble to go away. And so when you look at the greatest stories of deliverance in the Bible, you'll find that the common denominator of every deliverance throughout the entire Bible was a whole heap of trouble. Yes. Uh, you know, they, they were up against the wall. There was no other way out save that God would deliver them. And I mean, I don't care. You, you can go back and you look all the way through from even the Garden of Eden when they, you know, God killed animals and gave them animal, animal skins and put them out of the garden. But in every aspect, God had a delivering power, a hand over them. And in the New Testament, in the final book of the New Testament, when it's talking about the Antichrist system or whatever, it says God will sweep us away and deliver us into a place of safety. Now, most people are wanting to say that's the rapture, but I don't think that's the rapture at all. I think it's something completely different because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just a, I think that a lot of our interpretations or whatever were wrong because I think it was in 19 in 1890-something was the first time that the concept of a rapture was ever taught theologically, and it was roundly rejected by the entire church. And then less than 100 years, it becomes the mainstay doctrine of all evangelical churches is escapism mentality. But the... You go back to the Bible, and that's another reason why Old Testament theology and whatever is very important, because they believed in a pre- or post-tribulation rapture or deliverance of the church. They never had anything about, you know, they, I mean, millennium, pre- or post-millennium uh, view of the whole concept of deliverance, the final deliverance. And so now, you know, Christians live in this, we live in this world where we want our comfort so bad that we believe that God is completely committed to our happiness and our comfort. Well, you're right. And um, I'll tell you, it, it's, it's so heretical. Uh, we're, I'm going to get into a couple articles in a short time, but uh, we mentioned last week too, that Dan Kimball is marked uh, for her heretical emergent church teaching, stating that the Bible needs to be reinterpreted We've made a comment, you know, we don't like to mark, but we're in a situation today where uh, people like Pastor Dan Kimball, I mean, they're they're leading the church down such a primrose to destruction. Paul had to start to mark people because it was destroying their soul. Uh, if you follow heresy, it destroys your soul uh, once you get away from the basic element of salvation. And so we're in a situation today where when I read you some of these articles, you're going to, maybe you've already uh, saw them, but it, it is such a uh, sad indictment of where the church is today. I mean, uh, the emergent doctrine uh, denies the creator and gives no purpose and meaning to life. Uh, when you remove the goodness and the power of God, you replace it with something you create in your own mind, doubting God's character. And so emergent heresy removes God's valuation of time, its purpose, and consequence. Now, much of the church hasn't been taught any longer about the sovereignty of God. And because mainline churches are under the Marxist covering of the Federal Council of Churches, there's no display of power of God, and they hold and promote sin. 
We see heresy being taught, and uh, we must start to mark these people. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. Mainline churches. Uh, People have come to me so many times over the years and say, what is wrong with my church, with my pastor? They don't understand they're attending a mainline church where their pastor is promoting this communist theology. And they back sin. They, they ordain homosexuals as priests. Things like this. Listen to this, Don. New York Post by Patrick Riley. August 3, 2022. Students at Ritzy New York City High School forced to attend drag show in church. Report. Students at a Ritzy Manhattan private school were reportedly forced to attend a drag show at a church as part of its LGBTQ plus pride celebrations earlier this year, according to a report. Grace Church High School, a progressive independent Episcopal school in the East Village that charges over 59000 for yearly tuition, invited renowned New York City drag queen Britta Filter to its sixth annual, quote, Pride Chapel, unquote, event for a live performance on April 27. The event was sponsored by the school and organized with the help of students and faculty, advisors, and Spectrum, the high school's LGBTQ plus support club. It says, Britta, whose real name is Jesse Havia, performed a rendition of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. The artist then sat down with the school's queer director of vocal music, Andrew Leonard, to answer students' questions about drag performances, queerness, and the importance of pride, according to the school. (laughs) It goes on to say, um, uh, a video posted on TikTok shows Filter entering the the back of the church in full drag, dancing up the aisle in a short-cut orange and blue dress, marching go-go boots with students clapped and cheered on from the pews. Um, Good night, Don. Uh, can, can, and here's another report on this CBNnews.com. It says new video shows drag queen performing at New York City church-affiliated high school chapel. It says uh, the drag performer, a person who pretends to be a woman dressed in a gaudy clothing, revealed part of his buttocks to students while wearing a skimpy mini skirt. <laughs> Don, what do you think of this? Well, you know, it's 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 hard to comprehend, but I think that, you know, that, that's this whole thing that I've been teaching in this whole mythology series is really what it is. In the seventh message, the ending message is that the overall at the end, that's where they start that science is factual and Christianity is blind faith. And so they, they're always throwing up. That's their number one thing they always throw up is Christianity is blind faith and science is factual. And they say all this they have scientific backing for all this stuff, you know, and, and they don't. I mean, today, to, to buy into the scientific narrative, you have, you have to defy disbelief to believe the nonsense they're telling you. But I think what, what we don't understand is how what's really happening here. Like, number one, when you look at these mainline denominations, when I was going to college and I was working on my master's degree in psychology, I, I asked the question, how did all these mainline denominational churches, so you have Moody, Wesley, and uh, just a litany of other people that are holy, godly men, 
that had incredible impact on our culture. And, you know, you look at the Methodist Church. I mean, there was one of the Methodist pastors. If you go up to the Wheaton College up there, they have a even the evangelist um, museum up there for all, evangelists for all denominations. And one of the I forgot what his name was, but one of the right the the writers uh, uh, for the Wesleyan Church or for the what we we know now as the Methodist Church, he was going out. His idea was to plant one church every day. Think about that: one new church every day. Headed out through the West. Wow. And then he, he got, he was, uh, got real sick and attacked by the enemy or whatever. And then he announced to the devil, if you want to, if you want to fight, I'm game for it. I was going to plant one church today. Now I'm going to plant two. And that's why you, because of that, you have, you have a Methodist church in every little ville in the country. I mean, everywhere out here, every, you can't drive through a town without a Methodist church or everywhere. Yes. Same thing with a Lutheran church. And so my question was, is how did these churches, become so liberal. So the professor says, well, why don't you go try to figure it out? So I went and I started looking and, and I didn't, I didn't even know how to begin. I never really done any kind of research like that. And I kind of stumbled upon it by accident because I, I, I said, I just finally said, well, their pastors are coming out of their educational institutions. So I went to look at their educational institutions and I discovered something alarming in the, during the Vietnam war, then all, all the draft dodgers and the government haters and whatever were uh, going and getting deferments to go to school. Well, all the deferments during that time were completely gone, but there were tons of deferments for these edu- these mainline denominational churches and their it's their colleges and institutions. And so what happened is these draft dodgers and whatever got deferments to go to these colleges and then they went to college and got a bachelor's degree, and then they got a master's degree, and then they got a doctorate degree, and then they became the professors. And so what happened is there was an overturning of the professors in these mainline denominational churches, and that's how they got into all this Marxism and whatever, because they, they allowed these people to come into their schools that weren't Christians, that weren't even born again, and then they'd go from there to becoming you know teachers and professors, and they're loaded with those people, and that that's kind of a mark across a lot of places now, allow professors and whatever with pedigrees to teach in their schools, and they are not uh, ardent followers of Christ at all. Well, you're exactly right. I think we mentioned it even in the last program that, uh, you know, Ivy League universities, as you mentioned, started out as seminaries, but became perverted when they started to accept financial subsidies. And uh, Right. Then, then they became corrupted with this, like you just explained again, with this Marxist theology. They were thrown out of Europe. They came to America and began teaching their theology here. And, uh, and, and, and it goes right back to this article. I mean, uh, you know, again, New York Post, students at Ritzy New York City High School forced to attend drag show in church report. Now, it goes on to say later on, it says, I literally, quote, I literally went to church to teach the children today, unquote. The performer wrote in the video caption, quote, a Catholic high school here in New York City invited me to their pride chapel. And uh, here on CBNnews.com, new video shows drag queen performing at New York City church affiliated high school chapel. But it also 
Besides mentioning this Episcopalian, says New York Post now reports that the incident took place at Grace Church High School, which celebrates LGBT pride as an independent Episcopal school. But here on the second page of it, it says another sexualized display in a New York church. Also in June, the Park Church in Elmira, New York, celebrated Pride Month by hosting drag queens at its Sunday worship service called, quote, Worship is a Drag, unquote, according to Winnie News. The church, according to its website, is affiliated with the United Church of Christ. The denomination has been very supportive of the LGBTQ movement, even adjusting its local to include the pride rainbow on its Twitter account. Says the church's pastor, Jay Gary Brin, is described in his bio on the church's website as a, quote, committed and anti-racist and feminist, and as a gay man who has actively promoted LGBTQ plus equality. According to Brin, the June 5 service was held to, quote, celebrate Pentecost, kick off LGBTQ plus Pride Month, and come to Christ's table of love, unquote. The Standard reports. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Don, are you hearing this? Yeah, I, I am. I, it, it's what happens whenever men. This whole, this, all this, what we're talking about right now is under the. It's under not just the emergent church. It's what's coming out of the deconstruction movement. Oh yes. So the decon, the deconstruction is deconstructed church, tore it all apart, theological wise, whatever, through their you know, criticism and whatever of it. And, and then they're building, this is their new emergent church, the, the friendlier version of, you know, uh, what, what George Bush called the uh, compassionate conservatism, you know, that we're trying to build here, you know, and whatever. And the reality is, is that water and oil doesn't mix. God, the Bible makes very, very clear that you can't mix salt water and fresh water. You can't, you know, corruption Human humanity is corrupted, and there's no way. It's like if you have a a peach that gets corrupt, you can't stop that corruption in a piece of fruit. Right. You can slow it down by putting it in the refrigerator, but once corruption starts, the process is to rot completely, to it decomposes into nothing. And so, when you have that's the problem with man. When man does not obey God, God has a way to his way to deal with the corruption is to create a brand new creation called being born again. And so that's the only way you can stop corruption. So we shouldn't be surprised when you see when men refuse to accept the born again experience and they refuse to expect to accept the concept that you can, that you can change. Like, you know, psychology says that man can't change, that you can't change at all. It's impossible. And that's where they buy into all this stuff that once you're a, you know, an alcoholic or a homosexual or whatever, you're born that way and you can't change it. What I say all the time is I agree with them quickly when they say you're born that way, and it kind of freaks them out, and they don't know what to do because I've learned how to argue with them differently, and they just, they just they don't have anything else to say because you just took them off their game. And then I say, absolutely, we're all born sinners. Some of us were born thieves. Some of us were born sexual perverts. Some of us were born liars. Some, you know, some of us were born thieves and cheats and whatever. 
But when you come to the Bible and, and you get born again, it says you got to stop all of that. But you guys are carving out your, your these sins, your sexual sins or whatever, and you're saying the person gets to stay that way because they're born that way. And the and I said, that's why you don't like the concept, God's answer is to be born again. I got born again. I was not a decent person at all, and God's changing my life. And so he's working the corruption out of me through the born-again process and the new creation. But the new creation has to find place in me for its reproduction of the fruit of the kingdom of God. And if I don't allow that to happen, the corruption of my flesh will just continue to do what it's doing, and it will suffocate my spiritual life. But see, those people say, oh, once you get born again or, or once you say the sinner's prayer or you accept God or whatever, then, you know, you can't lose that. You're going to heaven. You can't go to hell. And they're just liars. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I know a couple programs. Again, if you haven't been listening to this series on Christian mythology, I go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on uh television radio when it goes to that page you'll see radio listen push on listen and you can see my monday through saturday programs with the dates on it Uh, we brought out uh, on the emergent church heresy you know uh who was involved with all of this we brought out brian mclaren and the emergent church mclaren's son married a man so McLaren espouses a theological liberalism and rejects God as a worthy worship because of, again, Noah's flood, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, he says the Bible is an inspired library displaying a slowly evolving human view of God. Like you said, Don, they want to throw out truth and replace it with their mentality, their thinking, their philosophy, what they think God should be. Well, they, it's because they don't even understand that the Bible is God's God gave us the Bible as a revelation of himself. And and he reveals that man is broken, corrupt, sinful, and has to be redeemed. And they reject that. They, they, they buy into the psychological concept that man is good and getting better all the time. And then when they tell me that, I just pull out my keychain and I said, yep, they're getting better at stealing all the time. I got to have better locks and more keys all the time. I just, I've just learned to talk to them differently, man. I just like, let me just show you the nonsense of what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you leave you? I mean, when I grew up, we left our house unlocked. Uh, we didn't, we wouldn't even have thought of have a safe in our house. We left our cars unlocked, whatever you do that. Now you'll, you'll, you will have nothing. You'll have va- vagrants living in your house and you won't even be able to get them out because the law won't allow you to. Yeah. I mean, uh, all over the United States. So, I mean, it's just, but what I found interesting in this last message I was putting together, uh, you know, is that we, we you keep hearing this word that we're that's being called that we're our culture is going through this great transition. You keep hearing that word. That's why I call all these messages trans whatever, because these teachings are are what they're trying to get people to buy into for this transitional change. Anyway, I was looking through. I, I didn't even realize this. I don't even know if you're aware of this or not. But I was looking through the the generation chart, you know, where you have the silent generations, boomers, Gen X, millennials. Yes. And, but it, I, it, in in nineteen eighty, they started with Gen X. That's the very first one they used a, a letter for. And then in nineteen ninety six or nineteen eighty one, at sixty five to eighty was Gen X. Eighty one to ninety six was Gen Y, and ninety seven to twenty twelve was Gen Z. 
And I never really looked at that before, but they went to the end of the alphabet, X, Y, Z. And then 2013 to 2025 is the alpha generation. And I thought, man, this has been in a, this is, this thing has been in the works for a long time. This is not, and, and Christians, like, re, you know, true believing Christians, we're thinking about what's going to happen today or tomorrow. And these people have been playing the long game, what they're going to do in 30 to 50 years from now. That's right. And that that's why our theology is so, that's why we don't understand what's going on and why we, because we're just, we keep playing this short game and the world around us is playing this really, really long game. Amen. And so what, what I, this last week, what I dealt with is, is I called it trans stimulation because this fourth myth I call it that because it excites that activity and intoxicates the psyche like a drug as it propagates that the ultimate goal of my life is my personal happiness. Now hold that thought, Don. Hold that thought. Yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time today, but we're going to continue with this right where we left off next week. You've been listening to the Warning Radio Program, Apostolic Leader Don Beasley, pastoring Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. May God richly bless you. Make sure you turn in for a continuation of this message. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.